for your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. 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 Yes, yes. Cisco Kennedy in the studio. Coffee and candy. This is Air Candy. And I have a very special guest in the studio with me today. You know his name if you are anyone in the state of Rhode Island, Massachusetts, or Connecticut, or maybe even down south, east coast. Oshin, welcome to the show, buddy. Oh boy, I'm in here now. This is this is <laughs> this is exciting, man. You got a you got an amazing place over here. Thank you for coming through. Oh, thank you for asking me. Like you and I, uh, we actually known each other for a long, long time. We did. Uh, I met you many, many years ago. I was probably still a teenager at a good friend of ours, Mike Sahajan's house. Mike Sahajan. Right? Yes. That's how far back we go. Britney Spears keyboards. Yeah. I'm told yeah. And I think at that time, we were just passing through. He was like, hey, this is Oshin, this is Mondo. And it was, that's it. It was like, like two seconds. Absolutely. And then we became like friends online, social media world. And I've always known you as uh, a veteran in the state of Rhode Island as a DJ. Right. Any club, any lounge, you basically <laughs> touched at some point in your career. I tried to bless as much as the, uh, you know, the turntables and the dance floor as much as I could. Yeah, yeah, right? So, how many years have you been at this? Because I myself, you know, I'm going about like almost 20, but I know you got years on me. <sighs> All right, so I'd say I started collecting records in 1983. 1983, 84, right around that time. Okay. Started collecting records. It was, you know, the whole video game thing came out, and I, I don't think I was into I, I was more into the audio rather than the visual, so sure. I wasn't very good at video games. I, I just, you know, I, I started picking up the whole b-boy culture and yep. started buying records, pushing carriages, getting a paid, I'm going to record store, what are you going to spend money on? Records, you know? So uh, I just started buying records and just got into it in 83. And uh, I think I was a basement DJ and bedroom DJ, as they say. So For at least eight, nine years practicing, you know, in like high school. Like that long? Yeah. All right. And I didn't so you feel, were in high school? Right. I was in high school. Did a couple of high school dance. Yep. And then I'm sure I went off beat a few times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw it right in there. Yeah. Uh but uh, music selection was my thing. We used to go to New York all the time and try to bring in the fresh music. Uh, a lot of it would come out, you know, just 1,000, 1,500 pressings, you know. Try to get it all as fast as you can. So you started on vinyl. Right, yeah. And you started to build your crate catalog. Oh, man, it was just, I think I had milk crates. I think I had empty milk crates. I start. I just... Went to a couple of bodegas and just started at night. I stole all their milk crates. <laughs> I said, these milk crates are going to get filled up. Oh, wow. <laughs> so my mission was to fill up the milk crates. Three ninety nine dollars a pop, a record, you know, $4. And still expensive. Yeah. Yeah, look at now. People don't yeah. even want to pay $2 for a download. I know. So back in the early 80s, right. when like you were starting to come up, what in- inspired you to get into being a disc jockey a dj a performer an entertainer <sighs> that's a good question I, I i really i i just i think basically it was just 
have uh, like I said, it was like I was having fun with it. It was a, it was it was like playing video. It was a release. I was it was letting things go. My mind was just, I was fast, you know. My mind would think, and I just let, let I needed the music. Yeah. And I remember when I started playing, uh, you know, you had the electro, you had hip hop, and I think I kind of shied away from the hip hop because. You know, mentally, I'm just fast, fast. Everything's just, you know, I'm very like, you know, my mind is racy. So I got into the more of the electro songs and okay. a lot of the underground records back in the day. Freestyle was coming out, you know. Yeah. And well, uh, the disco was still big, right? Dis well, the disco was big. Disco was big, but I think disco was fading out. And I tried to pick up a few disco tracks. I did. I grabbed them. They were, but I just couldn't relate to them as much. Okay. But I knew that. I couldn't get stuck on disco because this new whole new era was coming and if I wanted to be fresh I got I, I need to stick to the freshness you know yeah so like the freestyle like when you say freestyle we talking artists like Coro um, like little Susie uh, Stevie B and, and well we can see you know you could you could say that but I think to me original freestyle was basically I think I think the break beats I think the bass the break bass and Oh, you know, Cybertron by Juan Atkins, you know, those was those were like they had the break electro pop, you know, you know, the the Egyptian lover guy from West Coast, you know, they I think the freestyle kind of grabbed grabbed its uh roots from there, you know, started breaking down and then the the Latin people just started singing towards it. They they loved it, you know. That's right cuz it was and still is very big. Be big in the Latin crowd. In the yeah. Latin crowd, yeah. They they love freestyle music. They love freestyle. You know, <laughs> um, even I'm I'm half Italian. You sure. Half Portuguese and you Italian guys love people it too. and they the love Portuguese. It. They love the freestyle music. <laughs> so I brought freestyle into Rhode Island. I I really want to say that because uh, we were on Hot 106. Well, back in the day, it was called uh, Kicks 106. Kicks 106, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and then uh, we did, I came on, and, and uh, somehow I got recognized. I don't know, people, oh, you heard this guy, this guy, I was, I was making mixtapes. Um, and they, they invited me on a show, and I got on, I did a whole hour set. Dude, forget it, from that point on, I think the, the whole vibe just started opening up more, you know. Now, before then, were you already in clubs and lounges and like the nightlife so the way the way it worked out was i was so i picked up djing in 83 84 so we can share some age here right yeah yeah sure <laughs> so at the time i was eight, uh 13 so in 83 i was 13 14 wow. years old so i started buying records you figure by 89 by 89 1990 i was 20 20 so i was 20 years old 19 20 years old and right now on on uh, Federal Hill and Atwell's Avenue, you have uh, the, the restaurant Andino's. Yep. So that place was called way before my time. It was called uh, Cameo. It was called Club Cameo. It was a very small establishment. It was called Club wow. Cameo. I did not know that. And we started hanging out over there. And um, as we started hanging out over there, and I, I saw turntables, and you know, I was already DJing. I says, you know what? Let me ask this guy if I could DJ it. He said, sure, come on in, DJ. So I started DJing, doing my free gigs. I, and the guy liked me. I, I, I started DJing for free. I was like, I'm getting out. I'm coming out. I'm yeah. DJing. And I remember a few nights I was DJing, and they had no door, guys. So I let a record player come in the front. I was IDing, guys, and I'm 19, 20 years old. I'm IDing, guys, making sure they're 21. Shit. 
So uh, that was, I'd say, that was my first place to play. And then um, the rave, the rave hits. Uh, I started changing up my music. I was going to Hub Club in Boston. I always try to stay ahead of the game. I was going to Hub Club in Boston, and um, uh, I started. I think Hub Club was the first place. My, my buddy, my Dale Charles. He was uh, he was playing Acid House. I was like, "What the hell is this, man? Some good stuff." So you know? again, fast beat, fast high, beat, like high energy tempo, uh, high energy tempo, and that automatically no, not like, much lyrics, yep. right? Not much lyrics. So it connected with me. I didn't want the lyrics in. I didn't want to love me this, leave me alone, like all this love crap music. I, yeah. I just wanna, I wanna be free in my mind. I just wanna bounce my head, be in my own thoughts. So the electronic music, it's what basically what it's about, you know, just free spirit. Just it's just a feeling. It's not even. Uh, I don't want to hear, you know. And then lyrics. Some lyrics were cool, but uh, you know, it, it had spiritual lyrics. You know, I like that. I don't want that lovey dovey stuff. I didn't yeah. was, wasn't into that too much. Freestyle was. <laughs> That's right. Freestyle. Well, like your connection was. was it was the, about the beat. The beat. The music. It was, right. and, it was about those sounds, those frequencies, and how they made you feel. Well, you know, if you really think about it, though, instrumental music—if you try—if you're making instrumental music, it's it's a little bit more harder because you gotta layer it. You really gotta, you really gotta, you really gotta. Your music has to talk. Mm-hmm. When you when you have a, 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 a vocalist or a rapper or anything, they mainly take over the whole control. So you're, if you notice, like a lot of vocals. Like even hip hop records, they were just sixteen bar loops, a breakdown. But anything that made anything change was the vocal. So the vocals is what changed it all. So when you're making instrumental tracks, it's kind of it's it's kind of hard. And then you throw a little sample here and there. That was cool and became you know, yeah, became <laughs> rele- re- relevant. You know. So you're talking about sampling, obviously. You are someone who also makes his own tracks, like you produce your own music. Right. Did that also happen at the same time you started DJing back in the early '80s, or did all that come at a later time in your career? I, 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 I'd like to say later on in time, uh, because I think uh, you know when I was playing records and I was you know spinning, beat matching, and all that, I was so focused into like actually beat matching, being good at it, playing the good songs. You know, dig, creating the dig, digging crates and stuff like that. Um, and then once I was fully saturated and understood about that, so like it was like a next move, you know, get a keyboard and understand. I remember hanging out at Sam Ash Guitar Centers. I, I can't remember having a rogue music and just hanging out there for hours. This kid's not buying anything. He's not buying anything. I'm like, you know, I'm not. Is, is, is this guy a fake? Want to yeah. be? What is he? I, I mean, I don't know what to buy you. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure this out. Pressing buttons. There's no YouTube. There's nothing. That's what right. I got to figure this out. Touch and feel. That's right. So eventually, I, I I bought a, a keyboard I think it was like 4,000 Kurzweil 2,000 I was like I gotta buy the best and here I am reading pamphlets and just pan- <laughs> books and and finally I just loaded up samples and then um, uh, bought a drum machine SP1200 a very small low bit rate you know, so I, little by little I started but my first release was in 1995 1995 was your first release. My first release. It was called as an artist. As an artist, yeah. And and I call it. Uh, we called it. I had four track. Uh, I say we, but it's really me. It's. Uh, I call it a DJ's point of view. Okay. So the track it was a four track EP. Yeah. DJ's point of view. I signed it with a guys uh, from London, but the uh, 
was on Ohm Records. And then from that, uh, actually the way I signed it is because I was doing a lot of rave parties. And then I started making tracks and then I started playing some acetates. I, I would press the, the only way I would press a play it was I was going to um, Jamaica Plains in New York. Uh, and then uh, uh, Brooklyn or something. We were, I, was getting, I was getting dub plates made by a Jamaican uh, pressing plant. Wow. Yeah, and I would just press one for 50 bucks and I would only get like uh, 10, 10 good plays out of it before the song, before the song quality started deteriorating. Really? Yeah. See, that's 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 a whole other thing. Right. I wanted to play exclusives, you know what I mean? I wanted to play exclusives. But yeah. I had to pay 50 bucks. Here I am acetates but it's a thick it's a thick record and it, yeah. you put it on, I played it a few times. And then you get a feedback, and then then you say like, okay, I'm gonna press fifty or fifteen hundred or thousand records. Now I gotta fund it. Now I'm over here making labels, talking to the master, and going through four. And then finally the record's out. I'm driving, loading up the trunk, filling it up, stopping at distributor uh, distributors or record stores. I'm f- I'm pretty much funding it all, giving it all, and thirty day, sixty day consignments. And then wow. finally I'm hustling. Hey, you guys, you know. Meeting up with DJs here, play my records, this and that, you know. So just a lot of so so a lot different. of kissing, man. A lot of kissing. <laughs> so so different from how it is now. Yeah. Now everything you just said can be done at at your phone, at your fingertips, oh, yeah. in bed. Right. Right. I broke struts in my car from Carrier Records. <laughs> <laughs> but but that was a grind back then. Like you really had to love what you do. Right. Passion first. Right. I gave everything up for it. Yeah. I slept in cars. Wow. Like, yeah. All right. I slept in cars. I just got what I was. The lady, I remember the lady, Iris, she, um, on North 4th in Brooklyn. Iris, you get my records ready yet? No, no, give me one more day, one more day. Come on, Iris. I'm in, I'm, 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 I'm in Brooklyn already. You said today, you said today. Yeah. You know, and sometimes they backed up too, you know. They, yeah. Somebody calls in sick. Now she can't put labels. She can't stick the labels on, you know. Wow. I'm I'm already. Can I come in? Can I stick the labels on my own records? Exactly. <laughs> sure. Come on in. I go in, put the A's on the B side, B's on the A side. Now I gotta repress it. No, I can't do that. <laughs> See, like I'm not even gonna pretend <laughs> to know anything about that. I didn't have to deal with any of that world. But again, this is just a testament to right. just how much passion and dedication you had towards your craft back then. And obviously, like you're still going at it strong because everyone that I talk to now, I, like I mentioned your name. And they have a whole list of stories, good stories. I'm glad. Of all the memories of right. you performing right. in this place, that place, this nightlife, that you know, spot. Right. Um, and it like it just is a testament to the dedication you have for your craft. Because some people die out. This is not built for everybody. <laughs> I think it's just all I know. It's what I love. See? Well, um, you know, I want to appreciate those people. They're out there. You know, I want to thank you for all the support through the years, you know. And uh, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and say, you know, I don't do it for anybody. I do it. I do it for me. I, yeah, that's the first thing. I do it for me because I love it. But then once I feel like I'm, I'm doing it for others and they're enjoying it, they give me feedback. Now I have an incentive. I feel great. Now I'm just like fine tuning. I'm not lazy. I'm like, okay, you know. What's what's what record did good? What what did I do that was good? And then sometimes I'll I'll produce something and I'll say, oh, this is going to be the banger! Oh my god! Next, and then I produce something that's not as good. I'm like, ah, I'll just throw it out there. Next thing you know, the one that I thought was going to be a banger is not doing anything, and it's vice versa. It's it's the other way around. 
something that I thought wasn't going to be good, it's it's doing way better than something that I thought was going to do good. You know? Yeah. So you don't know. You you don't know what happens. Just just do your best and throw it out there. As an artist, I I think we both share uh, that that uh, we are never satisfied, right? With with yeah. our stuff. Like is like you said, in your mind. You want to be kind of free to just roam your thoughts, and there is there's always more of what like we feel could be done, could be added, could be edited, could be mixed. I think that's just part of being a true artist. Is we strive for perfection. It it yeah. doesn't exist, <laughs> and we just keep at it. Or I don't know. Like you tell me different. So you know, I felt that energy for a, for a long time. You know, in a, in, a, in my production, I just was like, ah, oh, so. I know guys that, that that will open up their door and then have like seven unfinished tracks. I I I I'm done with that. Really? I'm I'm done with that. If I open up my door, there's a track on there and it's gonna get finished. I'm not starting anything new. Yep. I, I don't care. I'm not starting. you know what? I had that experience where nothing got finished at the end. Yeah. So now if I if I start something if if the first if if the first uh, few bars if it's not feeling good gone and it feels feels good it's going to stay there and i'm going to finish it that's going to be finished done wrapped mastered out of the system gone so when next time i go in the door in the door and i open it up yeah that's a finished track i don't have anything unfinished no more that's it wow. i have people sending me like Oh, you got track? Send. Uh, I got labels out. Yeah, send me, send me, send me what you got. Tell me what you send me. Like a, a little EP. I'm like, guy, I got nothing. I, I don't have anything. All I know, the only thing I I have, is is the connection that we just connected. Yep. Now I know that you're into it. Yeah. So give me a, two weeks. I'll have four tracks ready for you, and it's yours. Finished. Done. Finished. Done. Yeah. And if you don't like it. I get it. I I understand. You know, I I get it. But you know, my my percentage accuracy to, to get it done and get it finished, and I know they're gonna take it. I'm usually I just know that if they're reaching out, I listen to what they're putting out. I try to I you know I I, I try to I, I I do my sound. I stick to my sound. Yeah. Always stick to my sound, but I always somehow focus on the label, what they are putting out. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. You know, I've I've done releases on my own label where like it's totally off. It's like you know, I'm not in the ballpark. Now I'm turning into this. There's no branding behind it. So if they want, because I am versatile, I am versatile. But if a label, I try to be versatile for the label as well. Not not so much. Hey, I'm gonna stick to my sound. I I do that, but I still want I still want to like give something that's the label. After all, you branded something, you know. Yeah, and, and I don't. I wanna. I don't want them to come back and say, "Fish, f do it like this, do it like that," because in 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 reality, it's it fits the label, but there's something that they want to change, and I I get it, I get it. So I'm not doing. I'm, I'm I'm listening to every release that they're putting out, and then I'm saying, you know what? I think I think they're gonna be fine with it. So I do analyze the label, before, you know. So I know that we, takes away some, you know, people might say, hey, you know, you, you got to be you, you got to, but yes and no, you know, yeah. to me, that's how I feel. Well, you have a sound that like you want to uphold your right. fan base, right. your core audience, right. they're expecting right. 
if they say, hey, O'Sheen has a new record out, yeah. they probably have some sort of a concept of at least what lane that record's going to be in. Be in. Like the genre-wise. The genre-wise. What would your genre, if you had to pick a word or two, what is your genre? <sighs> okay, so everyone wants to say house music. With me, it's house music. I think that's a broad. That's the that's the broad line that has many subs. To that. Su- subs to that. But I think at the end of the day, what I really feel really good about making tracks is sampled, sampled Jack and House tracks. I love doing that, and then I love doing really obscure tech house stuff. And yeah. I don't want to have a formula when I do a tech house. So there, there is a formula in certain music, in pop music, in tech house, and this and that. There, there, there's a formula, you know. Yeah. You got the minimal house, the tribal house. You know, there, there, there's a formula to yep. what makes it that particular style. So I think I find myself doing more because, listen, I'm gonna come out and tell you, I'm, I don't play instruments. I'm a beast on a drum machine, but that, that that's irrelevant. I don't play instruments. I'm not gonna play keyboards i'm not I, I do my best if i have to hire a keyboardist i do it if i have to get somebody to write me midi files i do it and then i go in there i edit it i do it my way so i at the end of the day i'm a, I'm a dj that became a producer so i'm going to be sampled bass and then if i'm going to do something that's a little bit more vocal vocals or more involved then we you know we get the keyboards come in and we get the keyboardists come in and you know everyone's involved yeah, but as far as engineering, sound quality, program, I'm, I'm the be- I just want to be a beast at that. You know what I mean? I'm, I want to take care of that. You know, so it's all you like what mix you down the vocals, the levels. You know, I want to be that. I'll That's master cool. your track. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I have a few tracks that I'll I'll, I'll get on it. <laughs> could like use some work. It's uh, it's it, it's it's tough having to wear all hats to to be the songwriter, right? To be the producer, to be the even, pro, even even just a promoter even to just promote your own record it's like yeah <sighs> yeah like to wear all those hats there's a lot of pressure because like nowadays that's what you have to be and we we're just talking about this now you got to be your own film guy you gotta you gotta be the cameraman right I, I tell you back in the day with the records it was a lot easier to promote you had a tangible item you had a tangible item to to show it hey this is it the record store he, he, he took one copy played it while he's playing in the sneak store that i try to get there on a tuesday on a, on a new release day tuesdays or fridays because the store would be packed yep and then you establish a relationship with the guy the buyer downstairs and you say listen this, can you just play it and plays oh what is this what is this you walked in with 20 records next thing you know he's like all right i'll buy the 20 off you now and now i'll stamp it and everyone else get there you get your money you're out the door you know beautiful now it's so it's tangible item now sending it's a bunch of links out a bunch of links and you're hoping they stream it and then you got the stream you know like Back in the day, we used to make a dollar on a record, dollar fifty on a record. So if you sold four thousand for copies, you sold two thousand, three thousand. Yeah. Uh, right now, if they stream, if they stream ten thousand of your songs, give me at least a dollar on it. You get nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. It's, it's, That's it. It's so so, so it is. So so it is saturated. It is watered down. Yep. And I think mainly it just all becomes down to like now. It's just like as far as a producer goes. Um, if you're a producer and you're producing records, you really got to make hits. And but if you're a DJ and you're a producer and you're making hits, now you're really gonna you, you're gonna get paid because you're gonna do events. So yeah. a lot of the producers that can't mix, can't DJ, they 
you you see them picking up turntables. You see them be learning how to how to mix, how to beat match, and you know, and then they're going out. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Hey, you're not a DJ." I'm not going to hate on that. Uh, the guy's got to make his living. He he's got no choice. He's got no tangible item to give away. What is he going to do? How's he going to make it? He, okay, so he made a song, so now his song is being played by everybody. Yep. Okay, we're relying on royalties, ASCAP, BMI, all that. You're gonna you're relying on that. Okay, let's do it. But at the end of the day, I think this guy wants to go and perform, and he's a producer in the studio. He made the check. So what is he going to go stand outside and play with a computer? No. So now he's going to learn how to beat match. If he's got 10 hits, 10, 15 hits, he can just go play his own show. He plays his own tracks. There you go. He's the DJ. Yeah. And and people want to hate on that? Oh, you've been DJing for 20. Look at me. I've been DJing for 30 years, and this guy got hits, and he's doing big festivals. I'm not going to hate on that. I got. I get it. I get what he's doing. I yeah. would do the same thing. Why not? Times have changed. Time, time, times have chased. Embrace it. Work with it. Flow with it. Speaking of, when you do Be DJ, hybrid, you know? Like when you yeah. do have gigs, yeah. how much of your set are Oshin mixes, Oshin edits? Uh, you know, you know like, that's a good question because it depends on um, where I am, you know? Okay. If I'm doing a, I, I mean, I'll, I'll take, you know, I'll take a nice open format crowd if i have to but uh, you know there's a limit to my stuff so i i, I you know i'll play 50 percent, 60 percent. you know i've done events where i've i've done all my gig all of my uh everything i've produced you know the entire set the entire you. set was all by me that's yeah. cool and i had a great and I had a good great you know results not only that but it, it gives me um it gives me a little bit of more of a perspective on on, on the sound quality mm-hmm. you know how it is you know How's how's you know? And then not only that, I want everyone to Shazam. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So the way you're gonna promote. <laughs> that was my next question: is from the public point of view, right? Where can they find Oshin's music? Uh, you can find all my stuff on uh, on all all digital platforms from from Beatport, TrackSource, uh, all your favorite digital stores. There's over 110 digitals. Really? Uh, streaming sites. I'm on all the dish- uh, uh, I'm on all the stores. Okay. All, all the stores. All, all the digital stores. iTunes, uh, YouTube. I mean, just over there's over 112 stores out there between streaming and buying it online. And uh, I work with the label works. That's my distributor. They're, okay. uh, they're based out of London. Um, they do a great job. And then we do a lot of licensing with them. I do a lot of licensing. But again, you got to keep in mind it's all underground music, you know. So. It's what I love to do. It's what I love to do. But I think uh, times are changing. I, I, I almost feel like the underground guys want us, uh, you know, as much as they keep it underground, they kind of want to shine too, you know. So I keep it real. I keep it underground, blah, blah, blah. But you're over there. You want like a 20,000 person gig. So I get it. So you're not really on the ground. So don't go there. Well, the underground. Don't go there. <laughs> from my perspective, and if I'm wrong, like correct me, but... I thought the underground was just was supposed to be a starting point, and then as as you get better, yeah, and you come up more, you come up more. That's the goal. That's the goal. Mainstream. I know certain guys don't want to quote unquote sell out. They rather stay underground and and do things their way at their level on their time, and perhaps that's what keeps them in that bubble. Well, Um, I I I get it, I I get it, but. Look at the hip hop industry. The hip hop industry came out on the ground. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, the the right. hip hop industry was on the ground, but yeah. the number one mainstream music right now is hip hop. I say it all the it's time. It's not even rock and roll. Hip hop in America. In America is hip, mainstream. Hip hop rules the airwaves. It, it, it rules the does. airwaves. Yeah. House music, electronic music does not rule the airwaves. Pop music in America is is hip hop. Yep. It is straight up hip hop. And yep. it's sad that the hip hop that they putting out on the mainstream radio has to be the clean version. Like why? Why do you have to make songs that have to have swears in it in the first place? Make a song that you don't have to make it. Just make a song. Yeah. Make make a song. There's no. Yeah. So yeah. if you're if you're cursing so many times, then you got nothing to fill in. That's true. You got That's... nothing to say, so you curse. Yeah. So th- I I can't do that. I can't. I can't. I I feel like in the past twenty years. Don't hate on me, hip hop people. No, I still love you. No, no, of course not. I I started with hip hop. Yeah. I, I, as as a teen. I started as a rap. That's how I met Mike. Right. I, I I was going to Mike to record my like my raps. I had instrumentals mm-hmm. at that time. You were and, blending. Yeah. <laughs> I you was, were doing I the blends. Was, I was blending my vocals. That's how I started. And I went to a studio to record. I thought I was a rapper back then, and I did that throughout all my teens. And then I like I found out. I said, Hey, you know what? This isn't for me. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not really good at this. But that got me to where I well, am you, you, now. You, 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 well, at least you did it. You tried it. I, I mean, you, you know, I tried. That, that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to say it was a try. It was, it, it, it. it you had to do it. Yes, you had to do it. You know, it, it's the, it was a path. Yep. That was one of the paths. The one of the paths is that it's it's a try path, but it's really a that's that's how it starts. Yep, it you was know? a trial and error that turned into me opening up a studio. Now getting on the other side of that booth and being an engineer right. to then record rappers. I spent. By the way, you're very good at it. <laughs> I spent about actually just about all my twenties, mm-hmm. uh, like making a living, like recording rappers, right? Recording artists. Making beats, selling some beats here and there. Right. Um, I, I I would say that uh, like the most I've ever sold a like an instrumental for. I'll, I'll put it out there, give some people some. Uh, well, it's a lot different now, but about maybe uh, like two grand. Yeah. Like two grand, I sold a beat for. Is the rights 50 50 split? Yeah. And it's exclusive. This mm-hmm. is yours. I'm yours. not selling it to no one, no else. one else. That's it. They loved it. They were happy for it. They went with it. When I. Uh... When I was living in New York at the time, uh, back in 96, 97, because I, I started making records, you know, I was putting out a lot of records. So at the time I got signed with KTEL. I don't know if you know KTEL, but they were they were doing a lot of uh, old disco compilations. And then they started doing the, uh, 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 they started doing uh, the electronic music because it started getting big. KTEL was, uh, if you Google KTEL, everyone, they started in the 50s. <laughs> They K-tel. started long time. Okay. K Tel Music. We'll it's, check them out. It, it's a it's a whole uh, it's a whole org- company. It's like BMIs and things like that. Okay. So K Tel they had an office in Brooklyn. I got signed with them. I, I was putting out tracks and I was putting out releases. And little by little, I was, you know, I would work on a. I'd start working in the studio on a, on a Monday. By Friday, by Thursday, I had a track done. I would just go up to the Nervous Strictly Rhythm Eight Ball Records STP. Uh, uh, um, 
all these record labels were in, in, in Manhattan and I would go right in their office and knock on the door. I got a, I got an ADAT track. I had an ADAT. I got a couple of tracks. You want to listen to it? They and our guy would call me right in the office. Come right in. Boom. I came in. I remember a few, few, few times I went to uh, Nervous Records and they were buying shitloads of track at the time. Between Nervous and Strictly Rhythm, they were buying tracks. They were giving $1,200 right off the front. But your track would come out three, four months later, but 1200 bucks they were giving it. Yeah. So I went to uh, Nervous Records at first. He would say, oh, it's a good thought, but you know what? You, you got some effects and pan this, do this, do that. They would tell you how to do it. Like, okay, I go back home, fix it. So a couple of times, I shut the doors and it's just trash. Uh, that's when I really was going to be like, okay, I'm not giving up. Yeah. And little by little, next thing you know, I was, every Friday, I would just go, hey, you know, I need money. I go to record labels. Next thing you know, oh, yeah, buying this. Buy, bought it right there. Handed that over right there. Boom, give them the that. Signed a couple of paperworks and go away. I didn't even care what the paperwork said. I just knew I had a check for my rent, for my food. That's right. And that, gas, this, and that. And I didn't care. It was underground music. Anytime you got a check in this kind of business, you were taking it. Amen to that. Yeah. Again, that just all goes back to that testament earlier with right. the passion, the passion, the passion for what you do. That drive, that drive, that motivation. Right, not not everybody has that. You put out, a, you, I, I would put out a record, and then the record would circulate between all the record stores, and then next thing you know, you'd get gig, you'd get you'd get a gig or two, and then uh, the record circulates, and now you put out a new one. You know, you you, you put out a gig, you get gigs. You, you, that's just the way it was. You know, at least we made money off records, and we made money off gigs. Now you put out records, uh, you got to get the publishing, you got to get the writers' fee. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's now But you gotta do it It's It's 2023 You got 30 years Experience In this game What's What is next For Oshin I haven't thought about it yet But I think the next is uh, Just keep working Something's gonna pop So you haven't made your best track yet I think I don't, I don't know I, did, I don't I, I don't even know like, do you have a favorite? Out of all your years, out of all your catalogs, like, do you have that one that's just that has that special place like in your heart? I don't know if it's a, a new lot of my, one, a lot of the underground. I, I did this uh, acid drops. It's called acid drops. It was just all beats. It was, it was a four track EP. I did that back in 05. Okay. I, I really like that style. But recently, I put out a record called I'm So Lucky on uh, Big Speaker Music. And uh, it's, a, it's a vocal track with a little bit of poetry on it. It's a okay. disco vibe. Really? It's called I'm So Lucky. That one is doing really well for me right now. I actually like it a lot. <laughs> now that you've mentioned it, I, I think that's one of my yeah, favorite that's, ones. That's yeah. one of your favorites? Yeah. All right. I'm So Lucky. And then I did... Um, I took some freestyle record and I sampled it. I don't tell nobody, but it did good. <laughs> I took that company B record. And then, dun, 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 I took the, the the horn riffs off that and just did did a track off it. You know, it's all in the creative arts. Yeah, you know, like I love sampling tracks, man. I love it. I love it. Yep. You know, sampling is a whole different art. If you don't know, if you a lot of people just don't know how to sample right. You know, they they just think it's dang dang. No, man, it's it's you gotta you you gotta like sample and make it unfamiliar and if you want to make it familiar then that's your bootleg cut you know exactly you know exactly and like you're right that that is a craft in itself someone who knows how to sample like you just said take something turn it into something that is completely new sounding yeah that's an art 
that is a gift in itself. When you sample something and the original artist listens to it and you can't tell that it's a sample from their own. Exactly. That's where you want to be. But then there are times where like you're just like this sample is so dope. I got to this this sample is going to stand out and I'm hoping this if listen. If you're sampling something and you're not clearing it, you're not clearing it and you're putting it out there, that's good. Now guess what? If you do get sued, if you do get sued, just listen to this. Yeah. That means you made it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're getting sued for a sample, yeah. you made it. That yeah. means it's it's heard. It's and it has that, enough noise behind it. There's enough noise behind it. So it's a good thing. So the only thing they can do to you when you get sued, right? They're not coming to come and get my car. You're going to have it. I mean, I do have a professional. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the only thing that's going to happen out of out of a something like that is in to my knowledge is a they're going to love it and they're going to say, "You know what? We're going to put it out." They're going to put it out. Or they're going to say, take it off the shelves. Okay, we're going to take it off the shelves. But guess what? So many people already heard already heard it. And they know who did it. And they know what I'm capable of. So at this point, I just may get remix work like a legitimate from the labels. Yeah. So that was going on for a while. Really? Yeah. So back in the day when we sampled records, we wanted to get sued. That was the whole idea. Am I getting sued for this? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I want to get sued for this because if I'm if I'm getting sued, that means I've been hurt. Yeah. I'm I'm being hurt. What are they gonna do? Come knocking like what's called? It's a song. It's sample. You know. That's, so this is true. Like, the mentality is a little weird, a, but that's what you wanted, especially on the ground music industry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we talked a little bit about how you started as a DJ, then into your production, sampling. Uh, you have. Like you said, like your music is out on all various platforms. If you're on Apple Music, if you're on Spotify, if you're on YouTube, and all they gotta do is just type in Oshin. Yeah, Oshin. Uh, O-S-H-E-E-N. But I do want to say that there's an imposter out of India, and he's been putting out. He's done like tutorial videos, and he's not on all the platform, but he's on YouTube. I I kind of reached out to him. I was like, Yo, you're using my name. I'm on this platform. So I reached out to uh, Spotify. We had to clear that, clarify that because some of his some of his production was like uh, was falling in into my in my in my area in my space in my bedroom. It was getting added to your playlist. It was it was getting added to my playlist. Yeah. So I, and and it's and it, for some reason I started looking at it and like if I had a record out, it was called Breeze or something. He would put out a record called Breezy. Oh, like he would try to put out records that are same, like in the same kind of like if I put out a record called Sky something and he would put out a record Sky like and it was totally different sound and it's, it had like that Kygo like that commercial like that like stem played music he was I think the guys makes I think he just got a tutorial and I think he spells his name with all capitals so now I started putting out when I started putting out my releases um, I'm making sure I go on the two artist names so I go on the Oshin yep. and then I go on the DJ Oshin gotcha so because DJ Oshin was in the, in the 90s growing up and, and a lot of people were releasing like so it was getting and then at, at some point I took the DJ out yep. and I put Oshin in there and then with all the social media and everything going on it, you know I it, but that's all being fixed right now we got some lawyers behind that trying to figure it out yeah but, uh, so you know what that means, right? <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> that means you made it. It means you made it. <laughs> you made it. See? It all comes around full circle. Listen, right. like we've been at it now for about 
40 minutes Normally we do a talk segment Yeah And then Like we get into Like a music mix Yeah uh, On this episode We're gonna play A few of your tracks um, And again If anyone Wants to hear Some of the latest tracks From Oshin Shout out Some of your socials again It's spelled It's uh, Well It's on uh, It's spelled O-S-H-E-E-N Oshin mm-hmm. And um, You can either Type it in DJ Oshin Two words you know or Oshin just put an O capital and then the rest of it, everything else, which is regular. So, by the way, I have bald head and some tattoos. If you see something else with it, that's not me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think everyone that knows my sound and everyone kind of been following my uh, you know, journey throughout this whole entire uh, greatness, I think they'll, they'll figure out what, what, what my sound. And, and when you play mine and you play that... The imposter ones Guy right? from India Yeah You'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> see the difference You'll notice the difference yeah. <laughs> Hey Oshin man Thanks for coming by the studio Thank you For the Air Candy Podcast It's Absolutely. been a pleasure Having you on Hopefully we can have you on again In oh, a future yeah. episode Thank you so much Brother right. man And right. uh, let's get to the mix Alright Let's do it The music never sleeps With coffee and candy
my friend, is for you. The trials that you face and the dreams that you chase. You're behind in your race and you're straying from your pace. Your mind is scattered over the place and you're desperate for space. Little did you know this is your time to embrace.
Take your car, 
Oh, 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 oh,